We're going to be in the book of James today, so if you want to go ahead and, and open your Bibles to the book of James, we're going to jump in here and look at a few things, and I'll just see how many people I can offend before we uh, get done this morning. You know, when we're talking about, um, I, I've been praying over this ser- sermon series that I'm in right now because it's kind of hard to unpack what I believe God wants us to go at after on Sunday mornings right now, and and so just trying to put that in words that that I can even understand. And and we're talking about kingdom. We're talking about the importance of kingdom. And I started thinking about the transformation of our minds, the renewing of our minds, the Romans chapter twelve, and thinking about how we renew our minds. We've got to have. We got to spend time in the Word of God to get the mind of Christ. It takes a long time to get the the mind of Christ. We, we have our opinions. We have our thoughts. We look at God as this gracious God, as this, as this merciful God. And he's all those things, but he's also a God of justice. He, he's a God who has an expectation of his people. He's a king who has a kingdom. And so as we look at these things and we try to unpack some of these things, what we're talking about today is going to track very closely to what I have coming for us on Sunday. And we're talking about missions. As I said this past week, missions isn't something we do. It's simply who we are. Everywhere that Jesus went was a mission. Every place his, his foot stepped was a possible mission. It's interesting. Well, we, we, that's a, I, I better be careful. Let's just uh, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and let's get started. Dear Jesus, I thank you, Father, for what you've uh, done here already. And I thank you, Father, that you are uh, looking, Father, to make not just an appeal to us, but, Father, to transform us into your image, in, in, into what this world needs, because you created it for your purpose, and this world needs you. And so, Jesus, how can we best reflect that? How can we best take you into the world? What does that look like in me personally? What does that look like in us as the church, as men of God? Father, continue to grow us up and send us forth in Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 1, verse 22, James gets right into it. He's very blunt, and he says, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Now, it doesn't say he immediately forgot what he looked like. I wish it said that. Because some of you just kind of, anyway. <laughs> Y'all aren't tracking yet, are you? I mean, get some more coffee. We got a whole, Joshua gets here early, early in the morning to make y'all coffee because he loves you and he serves you and he wants you to wake up. All right, let's keep going. What kind of person he was, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in all that he does. Now, I don't know about you, but as a man of God, I want to be blessed in all that I do. I don't, I, I talked about the Midas touch, what, two, three months ago. That's, that's another God. That's another story. Uh, but I want us to know something. Here we have a promise from the one true God through James and says that this man who, who is an effectual doer, he's going to be blessed in all that he does. Well, what does that look like? Over the years, there's been a constant argument among Christians. We have those who, who talk about faith righteousness and those who talk about works righteousness. And what's happened is the great divide has happened right through those, those two theologies, if you will. Uh, well, if you're too much works righteousness, then um, you'd be kind of like the Puritans or even uh, prior to the Puritans, many of the Germans who, who uh, uh, set out and embarked in works righteousness, believing that they could be saved through their works. 
And so then this uh, Martin Luther was a big proponent and came in and pushed a lot, but he said, no, 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 it happens through our faith. It's faith righteousness. First, we have faith in Jesus, and through our faith in Christ, that's where works come out. And so uh, we talk about this all the time. It's not what I do that causes me to be saved, but because I am saved, it's why I do. That makes sense. <laughs> it didn't to me, but I'm glad it did to you. But that's, that's, that's really how, how this is supposed to work. And so James is saying, look, our relationship with God propels us to be men of God. Our relationship with the vertical propels us to, to go and do what he's called us to do in this life. And in order for us to do that, we've got to have the mind of Christ. And, and many of us want the mind of Christ in an instant. We want it in a second. We want it at conversion. There is so much that happens at conversion, but Jesus says, go and make disciples, meaning that we have to be discipled. We have to sit with him. We have to learn his mind, his love, his grace, his mercy, and how it all works. And that way we can go to work. That's how it works. So we love the grace message. This message has propelled us forward in truth, there's no doubt, total truth, that it's grace that we are saved, not of works. And some have taken it to the point of, of really a reckless liberty, a liberty that will never impact the culture because it looks too much like the culture. Do you hear that? So many, so many times we, we take grace and it's become a reckless liberty in our life. So if I ask you some questions this morning, men, just some, some pertinent questions. One is, are you saved? It's, we hear this all the time. Are you saved? Okay, well, yeah, I'm saved. I raised my hand. I said the prayer. I bowed my head. I, I, I gave my life to Christ at the age of 13 or 17 or 19 or whatever it is. Well, well do people see that difference in you? We got, you see, if we're not careful, we'll take the liberty of salvation because didn't, didn't the Apostle Paul, I've been confronted with this so many times, didn't the Apostle Paul say a few things that make it a little bit difficult? I mean, the Apostle Paul said, um, all things I can do, but not all things are profitable for me to do. So we take these little statements, we take these, these small liberties, and if we're not careful, we just live out a liberty of complacency. And liberty with complacency is ineffectual for the kingdom of God. Man, it's quiet in here. You see, when we look like the culture, it becomes self-serving instead of self-giving, selflessness. It's about self-indulgence. It's about being hip. It's about being cool. It's, it's just the excuse, hey, look, uh, um, we're being relevant after all. We, we look for big church and less obligation. Morality, values, and vision are more success-driven than faith-driven. In other words, we look in the mirror and we know that we are called to be different, to live life differently than the world and invite the disciple and, and, and disciple the world into a place where they now can see themselves before our God. We too often look in the mirror and go back and do what we have always done. We slip back into culture and we find our impact is of little or no value. And what does Jesus, you know, have you ever thought, what is Jesus' mission? I mean, if Jesus just summarized his mission, what is Jesus' mission? It's, it's amazing to me because um, there's a handful of times that Jesus states his mission. I think we read right over it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Let's keep going. Yeah, I, I can't tell you. His mission is to uh, 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 to do the will of his father. And the will of his father was what? To preach the kingdom. And then he commands us to preach the kingdom. 
And many will say you preach louder through your actions than by your words. James 1.24, for once he has looked in himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. In verse 27, to keep oneself unstained by the world. As Christian men, we should never forget the new, that this new creation that has happened in Christ Jesus, when we come to Christ, we are made a new creation, but now we must be made disciples. It's time to grow up is what the Lord's telling us. It's what James is telling us. James is making this point. A person, a disciple who forgets his calling, his purpose in Christ, is a person who possibly has even lost their faith. Now, before we cast stones too far, let's look at us for a moment. What would be the evidence in this life of our faith? What would be the fruit of, and, and maybe we should say it this way, what does fruit look like in a man's life? Well, I can tell you some things that it isn't. A church or men that fuss and cuss at one another, not a lot of fruit comes from that. I still have trouble with red lights. I did get some, some guidance on that to put a scripture up and start memorizing scripture while you're stopped at a red light. It's helping me. A church or men that are in discord, that are split every other year, that, that can't speak truth into one another's life without becoming offended, well, that's not fruit. That's, that's, that's actually rotten fruit if it's anything. Men that are broken or broke in so many more ways than one. Life, there is no doubt, comes at us and sometimes in waves and sometimes those waves pick us up and sometimes those waves pull us under and sometimes life is just too much. But that's why men need men. We need brothers in Christ to come and pick us up. That's fruitful. A church is full of dishonor instead of honor that resembles more the culture instead of resembling more the kingdom of God. You know, many would say simply this, that Jesus came for the poor. You, you might ought to be careful with that. I, I'm going to go after this on Sunday, by the way, because on mission, we think, well, didn't Jesus say, uh, but you were naked, and, and you, or I was naked, and you clothed me, I was thirsty, you gave me drink, I, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat, I was a stranger, and you invited me. And didn't Jesus say all those things? Sounds like the church is supposed to be the, the greatest social service organization in the United States and around the world. That's not at all what it's supposed to be. Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. And many of us join civic clubs so that we can serve, uh, Lions Club, Kiwanis Club, um, all kinds of things. And, 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 and we join all these other social services that resemble the church. And if we're not, if we're not careful, we'll have a, a church full of men who are just concerned about social services. That's, that, that's, that's not what we're called to, man. You're going to get a lot of this on, on Sunday. As a matter of fact, our mission is to know Jesus and set up his kingdom upon this earth. That's our mission. We preach the kingdom. We look the kingdom. Does it bring food? Yeah, it'll bring food. But it's going to bring a transformed life. It's, that's what we're after. Is lives being transformed? Let's just keep going. You see, 
this can't be us. We're called to be faithful. And without faith, without works, we too quickly become that man in the mirror staring at his face, but then forgets the way he looks as soon as he begins to walk away, forgets what he's called to, forget that we are created in the image of God to bring the image of God to this world. Faith always works. Faith is what brought you to Jesus, and faith is what compels us to take Jesus into the world. We work not to be saved anymore. We work because we are saved. James is saying that faith apart from works, it can never be sustained. It's faith that makes us doers of the word, not just hearers, men. It's faith that makes us humble and not proud, that we surrender our will, our ways, our opinion to God's will, his ways, and his opinions for our lives. That's through faith. It's through faith that we bless and do not curse. You ever think of that? I, I even had to say yesterday, Lord, um, control my tongue. Just control my tongue. As a matter of fact, I wanted to respond to uh, a message that I got on uh, Saturday night, a long message that was not a nice message that was making all these accusations towards me. I, I, man, I was like, bam, 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 bam. That's not what I said. It's what you heard. You ever told someone that? Um, it's, it's how you interpreted what I said. I would never call anyone that name. I've never said that in my life. I know I wanted to defend myself. And you know, I talked to Allison about it and we both said, we'll just pray about it and I'm not even going to respond. Better not to have a response. Lord, it's through faith that we bless and do not curse. It's, it's through our faith that we show mercy and not judgment. It's through our faith that brings us to a level of servanthood to all the nations. So our faith in Jesus gives us a servant's heart. And Jesus said this. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He also states the greatest among you will be the servant of all. So, so men, if our faith is at work, we're going to see it through our ways and our will of service, not just serving ourselves but how do we serve others? It's a sign of our faith. It's a sign of the fruit that God gives us to be and to become in our lives. James begins this chapter by saying, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Notice as a follower, he simply says, James, I'm going to identify myself and I'm going to identify myself first as a servant of God. Not a servant of man, not a ser servant of my ideas, not a servant of my thought, but a servant of my living God. Our great God leads us to a life of becoming servants, servants to God, servants to one another, servants to ourselves. It's amazing to me, our God who is so immense, who expands and created every solar system, every temperature of every star, oversees any and all creations, is dialed down to you and to me. He dials himself down to us. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground, he calls us much more valuable. He's dialed down to the very salesmen in our body, to the very microcosms of the universe. When we focus on him and what he is doing in us, we become his intention. We will serve not for our own strength, but through the strength of our faith. And we'll serve for this purpose, his purpose, and that is for his kingdom among all the nations of the earth. That's what he's called us to, men. It's amazing to me that when Jesus says, go into all the world, he never says, come back. 
<clears throat> bothers me a little bit. What's he saying? He's saying you're always on mission. It's always there. It's always in front of you. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, when you carry me, you carry mission because where I am, there the kingdom of God is at hand. Here he is. Psalm 139.16, your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Now that sounds a little confusing, but what he's saying, he's dialed it down all the way to ourselves being there before we ever knew they'd come together for his plan, for his purpose, for his kingdom good. So let me say this about just getting a, a short application for us, because there's a lot here. One of the things I would say is faithful servants will always find fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Faithful men will always find fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So Jesus says some tough words. He, he says, if you come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. He says to find life, you got to what? You got to lose it. What's he talking about in all those things? He's talking about fulfillment. You know, every time you serve, every time you serve someone in order for a kingdom purpose, every time you serve the church in order for the kingdom pur purpose, you are laying yourself down and you're putting God's will, his ways, his thoughts before your own. When we get up in the morning, we say a morning prayer, men. What are we doing? We're saying, Lord, I need the mind of Christ today. I need the mind of you today for the day in order for your will to work through me this day. That's what we say. That's what we're after. That's why when we wake up, if our minds are going to be renewed, we need to be in that prayer of renewal when our eyes open in the mornings. And then people will see what we believe. Have you ever thought what the world would be without the men of God that we've had? the shoulders that, have, that we stand on that have gone before us. You ever thought what the world would look like uh, without Tertullian? <laughs> that was mentioned to me this morning. Uh, St. George, St. Francis, Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wesley, George Whitfield. I even put a woman in here, Mother Teresa. Billy Graham. I mean, what is one thing they all have in common? They were all servants who served in their gifting for the sake of the kingdom of God to be established. A man who is looking to create a culture of service in their home will create a culture of service in the church. That's my second point. Now, you know, it's funny because I, I started thinking, okay, how do we, how do we really transform our minds or renew our minds in 20 minutes. I need a long time to preach. Because normally I'm preaching to myself. Anyway, so we create this culture of service and we create a culture that works. And I put works in parentheses. I was trying to be clever here. What does that, what does that look like? It means that, that really the more we teach our kids to serve and to serve others, to give opportunity for them to serve, then we create this culture that goes to work. It's the same thing in the church. We, we create a culture here that looks to go to work. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. What do you want your life to represent? Is your faith at a place that will create a culture of faith around you? 
we have the opportunity to create a culture here at Connection, a culture of loving, giving, serving. A church without service is not a church at all. That's just the truth. It might have a name, it might have some history, but without service, it is not a church. Now, careful, because we'll, we'll turn this into social, uh, social justice. And, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm about to blow social, and, and part of that comes from a couple I married in another state that were brilliant. One of them's an Ivy Leaguer and said, we're going to join a church that's extremely involved in social justice. That's what we're looking for. That got all over me. No, you need to look for the kingdom and spread the kingdom. Anyway, going down the wrong road. But that's a lot of that's prompted this. You see, too many of us, too many of us are looking for something to always feed us and we're looking to constantly eat instead of constantly serve someone else so they can eat. Now, that doesn't mean just going and handing someone a cloak or a coat or, or uh, giving them a play to eat for the day. No, you teach a man to fish, right, and you feed him. You teach a man God's word. God didn't look for us to stay in poverty. Men, you've got to hear this because social services are too many times set up simply to keep people in poverty instead of teach them how to get out of. Jesus said the poor you will always have with you for a reason. Because what's the first question you should ask someone who is poor? How'd you get there? It's exactly right. How'd you get The scripture says, read Luke 4. I think, no, Luke 7. I'm going to tell you right now it's in the Bible. (laughs) But what does he tell them? He says, hey, uh, uh, you know, uh, preach the gospel. When John the Baptist sends a letter to Jesus, he, he asks him a question. Hey, uh, go and find out, uh, uh, is he the one or should we be looking for another when he's talking about a Messiah? And Jesus answered, he said, you go back and you tell John the Baptist a couple things. Tell him the blind see. In other words, I don't leave them in the state they're in because my kingdom is here. I'm not going to leave them there. The blind see. And he, and, and he goes on, uh, the lame are healed, the paralyzed walk. And, and then how does he end that? And the poor have the gospel preached to them. That's what we do with the poor so that they don't stay poor. Poor in spirit and, and poor in this life. That God is a God of order and he shows us how to orchestrate and order our lives through our faithful service to him and to others. How to orchestrate our life where our life is no longer about us. What's a poor concerned about? Me. Hard to serve when you're poor. Hard to give when you have nothing to give. Some want to choose to stay. I'm not saying everybody chooses to stay that way. I'm not saying that, that, that life is level and life is fair for all. There are those that, yes, definitely we've got to water. There are those that we have to feed. There are, but we're not here just for social services. Too many of us say something like, I've done my time. Let someone else do it now. That doesn't encourage me. There are times to step down, but that's when we have discipled someone to take our place. That's when we, we, we know that we have equipped the saints for service. And then finally, lasting works of service are only those that are done in the eternal work of the Lord. So we can do things so people will pat us on the back. Hey, look at you. Look how great you are. Look how you've served. Look what you've given. Look how much you've given. Look at, and we can go down that road and careful with that road because the only thing that is lasting is that that is done in the lasting Lord. 
And that's done out of faith and love. You know, when I think of Revelation 2, and I think of the church in Revelation 2, the church at Ephesus, he says, I know your deeds, your tool, your perseverance. You cannot tolerate evil men. You put to test those who call themselves apostles. Apostles, they are not. You found them to be false, and you have persevered and endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary, but I have this against you. You've less, left your first love. He didn't say you lost him. He said you left him. The whole reason you're supposed to be doing what you're doing, you're not even doing it for him anymore. It's become about that's all we do, and there's no longer the faith in who we do it in and with and who called us to the church. So men, we have a great warning there. He says, I'll come and remove your lampstand, your light, the light that shines for eternity. So we have a great responsibility to serve because the greatest among us will be the servant of all. We know that there is a great responsibility to serve, but we serve not to get somewhere. It's because it's simply who we are. James 1.27, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So widows and orphans. Well, if you're out there serving them, Mother Teresa has a word for you. You know, I, I mean, if you're out there serving them, Jesus, this is what he's called us to. Why widows in their distress? Well, because a widow in his day and time had no way of making money. Women didn't have jobs. The husbands provided for them. So, yes, there are those that we take care of. Help them, orphans. The, you know, it's amazing to me how many live through an orphaned heart that maybe you didn't know your father or maybe your father wasn't a father to you or maybe, but, but we have the opportunity through the kingdom of God to show and share with others who the perfect father is. So he says, widows and orphans, there's pure undefiled religion and keep oneself unstained by the world. This world looks to stain us in so many ways, men, and we are called to keep oneself unstained by the world. Have a heart of service, a heart for the lost, the destitute, the underprivileged. That's okay. It's not always natural to serve, but it keeps us unstained by the world and in a position to serve. It doesn't mean we become some social club and we're cleaning the streets and, and looking and making and doing. No, what it means is that through our faith, we serve. And we serve God, we serve His kingdom because the greatest thing we can give to others is Jesus. And if we can open their ears to hear his word, we can pierce their hearts with the power of the gospel. And there's our call. Father, thank you for this, your day. Father, may we preach the good news of the kingdom of God and his righteousness and expect all these things. Father, I, I thank you for uh, this time. Once again, I thank you for these men. And I pray as we go through these questions, you raise us up to be the men of God for the purpose of God in your name. Amen.